everyone, and thank you for tuning in to Hort Talk episode eight on careers in horticulture. I'm Alex Jenkins, your host, and I'm joined today by three very special guests that I'm going to ask to introduce themselves. Okay, I'm, um, I'll go first. I'm uh, Chris Lowe. <laughs> I am container manager at David Austin Roses in Albrighton in the Midlands, and I'm just about to go into my 36th year of being with the company and, and that's wow. me that's impressive hi i'm sarah i am working for more people recruitment um, we're based over in lincolnshire but um recruit across the uk and internationally and i'm just about to enter my fourth year here so yeah fantastic hello everyone i'm adam i work for a company called low waters nursery and I've been working for this company for 15 years. Wow. So we've got a lot of experience here. Um, so I'm just going to ask you all to tell me a little bit about how you got into the job that you're actually doing and kind of what your journey has been. Yeah, OK. So um, left school at 16 and thought I wanted to have a career in the military. OK. So um, that was scuppered by the fact that I'm colorblind. Yes, I grow roses for a living and I am <laughs> colorblind. So uh, that's an interesting one. Colorblind, asthmatic. So I, I tried all three of the military services and I was rejected for all three. And then I thought, I'm going to follow my father's footsteps, who was a greenkeeper, South Staffordshire Golf Course. Um, and when I was 16, it was the glorious days of Maggie Thatcher and the YTS. And uh, I applied for a um, horticultural position and I wanted to be a greenkeeper. And basically they said, well, we're struggling to find you uh, a golf course to work on locally. Uh, have you heard of David Austin Roses? And there's a bit more to it, but I'm still here 36 years on. Wow. I, start, I started August 86. Um, I started within the company working for Claire Austin Hardy Plants because yeah. we weren't really doing um, a lot of container grown or containerized roses at that point. And so I started working on peonies, irises, and I, I think I was doing, I mean, I've been here quite a long time. My memory's not brilliant. <laughs> but um, yeah, so sort of started on the Hardy Plant side and then, and then we had conversations regarding starting a container use, a unit and supplying UK garden centres with potted David Austin roses. So within two or three years of being with the company, I sort of moved over to that side of the business. Uh, and at that point, we were doing about 4,000 roses a year. And we were potting inside an old sort of pig shed. Um, sort of, yeah, it was... That we was were throwing. Yeah, we were throwing, <laughs> no, there was no pigs, pigs in there, throwing <laughs> compost through a hole in the wall. Everything was hand done, all hand potting to the point where now we're doing about 700,000 um, six litre roses a year. Um, we were growing sort of a crop of, of just shy of a, about a million roses back then. Wow. Um, and we're sort of doing 1.6, 1.7, maybe nearly two now. Um, so yeah, I was only supposed to be here for a couple of weeks and they said, we'd, we'd find you a golf course and we'd move you on. Well, they never, ever came back. They never came back to me and said, we found you a golf course. Um, and, and are you disappointed? That they uh, no, I'm not. That, that's, <laughs> no, no, I'm not. I'm not in the slightest bit disappointed. So I did, um, a two year, um, city and guilds horticulture one and two, 
And those are the only, well, actually, I tell a lie. They're sort of the only horticultural qualifications I've ever taken. Mm-hmm. I've just recently done a fact fertilizer advisors course and passed that about three weeks ago. So, um, yeah, um, that's a sort of my my journey. A bit of an accident, really. So if your if your father hadn't been doing what he was doing, you don't think you ever would have ended up in horticulture? I think because I grew up on a golf course. And I had all the tractor drive. I used to love the tractor driving (laughs) and all the machinery side of things, the mowers. I like the camaraderie in the the old fashioned break rooms, all all that kind of thing. And I I quite like the outdoors. I like being outdoors, which has always been a big draw for me. But I suppose if I did sort of dabble with wanting to be a chef at one point and that never came off because the work experience for two days at the hotel scared the living daylights out of me. (laughs) And that put me off for life. But yeah, I, I think I don't think I would have gone into horticulture if I hadn't got that kind of step into it through my yeah. family. Yeah, my, my mother's always been very kind of outdoorsy and very hands on. So it was like a natural sort of progression, really. So, yeah, that's, that's oh, wonderful. Amazing. Yeah. So um, I finished college, um, didn't really know what I wanted to do after that, ended up um initially starting in management and food retail um I looked after all of the recruitment for the uh, branch I worked in um which sort of made sense for me to come to more people on the recruitment front we specialize here in a, in a whole host of different roles across horticulture agriculture and fresh produce um so it was quite a exciting place to be but I found myself gravitating quite quickly towards horticulture and uh, commercial production and garden centres it's just sort of where my interests lie so when the opportunity came to sort of take that a bit further and and run the desk I took it from there and and sort of jumped on board with that been here doing this job for three years now probably two and a half focusing solely on horticulture and absolutely love it I'm currently studying an RHS level two in horticulture to sort of get that knowledge up amazing and what was it that what was it on the horticulture side that drew you to that? I think it was just the the passion that everybody has. The, the people that are doing it are, are truly passionate people. And, and that I love talking to people like that because they're the people that I want to sort of spend my time with and, and orientate myself around. And I went to the first nursery I went to was a commercial strawberry grower, actually. And it was absolutely fascinating to see how the produce ends up on the shelves that people grow and, um, and people buy. So um, it just it caught, caught my eye straight away. And um, yeah, absolutely love it, which is quite funny because growing up, you would not have seen me around soil or insects <laughs> or anything like that because that wasn't where my interest lied originally. That's what I was going to ask, actually. Uh, have you always had an interest in, in that side or has it shocked you? Um, how much you now gravitate towards it yeah so my mum was my mum's a, an avid um, gardener she's got a, sort of a big pot of an allotment so we always eating homegrown fruit and veg at home but she was trying to get me out in the garden when I was a kid and it just it just didn't really interest me um, and I didn't think it necessarily ever would and then I started and until I joined more people I didn't actually know anything about horticulture as a career and how many different aspects there are from getting it to seed to sale and, and everything in between and 
I guess that's my frustration and what I'm trying to do sort of alongside working with more people is just promote how diverse the industry is and, and how much there is. It's not just getting your hands dirty and um, being out sort of pots and pants. There's so much more to it. Fantastic. So my journey is a bit of an interesting one as well, a bit like, a bit like Chris. So I, I actually went to college and studied sports studies. So I had this passion of being a coach of some kind, um, either in badminton or football or something like that and um loved mm-hmm. it or oh, i was going to be a personal trainer i i fell out of college after that um with a couple of a levels and then living at home at the age of 18 thought i'd better get myself a job because my parents are going to be pretty annoyed me sat at home <laughs> with no money coming in so i had a mate who um worked at the nursery and he said oh we need somebody to work um driving the buggy around to collect plants for dispatch it's only a six month job would you be interested and I thought I'll do anything yeah that's fine I can do that I can I don't mind doing something a bit physical it's what I've been learning to do the last couple of years so let's do it so I jumped in and um started this job and I love I love driving around I'm a big avid Formula One fan so I like driving cars I got three months in four months in and um somehow the business recognized that I was I was a useful individual to have. So they, they signed me up for a full-time contract. I've, I'm obviously doing pretty well for myself. So I carried on, did it for a couple of years. Um, and then in the second year, um, my friend, he left. So it left this big hole and um, I got promoted into that role. And I thought, okay, I can run the dispatch shed. This will be all right. I can, I can dispatch X number of plants through a season, half, half a million plants. This would be easy uh wasn't quite easy <laughs> but it was um it was definitely fun so i um i worked through that for a three or four years and then the um the sales office role became available and i remember my manager lots of people listening may know um, a guy called charles carr shout out for him he was a good mentor of mine and he offered me this sales role position in the office and i thought oh i don't know if i want to do this i like i like being outside i like being active learning um being quite sporty doing jobs around the nursery kept me fit i got got lots of things where you're lifting stuff you're shifting stuff around like it was a good good exercise i thought i don't want to sit in an office all day that'd be boring i verbally said nah not interested and then turns out speaking to a, a friend of mine they were like oh you should you should diversify you should add another string to your bow you should get into the office even if you don't like it you should try it so I went back to um, Charles, the manager at the time, and said, do you know, what? I've had a think about this job. I, I'd like to try it. He was like, oh, I thought you'd said no. I was advertising for that role today. But if you want it, you have it. So I was like, OK, cool, let's Amazing. do this. So I went into the sales team, did that for six years, um, moved up as the sales manager, and then just continued progressing through the business to the point where I'm now operations manager. So I look after the whole nursery Um and we've been moving towards the last couple of years. I think many people have done the same. We've been focusing on um, more retail online and selling products straight to the straight to the retailer. So that's been quite a fun project that we've been building over the last five, six years, um, but really pushing it harder in the last couple of years. So, yeah, it's been great. Never thought I'd be in this industry. Never had kind of any real interest in it as a as a young person but just fell into the role love being outside and now I actually enjoy being in an office and spending all my time in, <laughs> in an office but it does give me an excuse now and again to get out as well and do some other hard graft like the guys 
people quite often say to me, God, what do you do in the office? You should get out here and start doing some real work. <laughs> <laughs> Which um, clearly I turn around and say, you don't know how hard my job is sitting in an office. <laughs> but no, it's good fun. I enjoy it. Thank you, Adam. The three of you are really good examples of successful careers in horticulture. But what do you find most rewarding about working in this industry? And what do you find most frustrating? I suppose it's, I mean, Adam's already mentioned the word passion, I think, a couple of times. Uh, and Sarah did, yeah. And I think Sarah did as well. Yeah. So it's, it's, a, it's a great question. And horticulture for me, certainly, I mean, I, I work in a monoculture, so I don't, get, I don't really get to see anything other than roses. But the, the variety and no, no one day is ever the same. So throughout my whole career, even when I was working on, as a young lad, on the production line, on the potting machines, on loading, picking orders, working in cold stores, all those kind of things, there was always something to challenge you. There was always something to keep it interesting. And although, I mean, we grow hundreds and hundreds of different varieties. So just the, just gaining the knowledge of um the, the varietal knowledge of what's in front of you what's going past you how to prune the the the, the weed identification pest and disease uh, all those kind of things there's always always something to learn um the frustrating thing for me is me as a person I sort of embrace the whole thing 150 percent okay when i was very young 17 18 everyone's a bit of a bit of a lad you know you could have a bit of a sky this that and the other but you get to a point where you you have to knuckle down and you have to mm -hmm. push yourself and get to a point but, but develop your career and one of the things that frustrates me is that the people and I don't really like generalizing but the people that are coming in nowadays certainly the youngsters and I say youngsters because I can <laughs> um <laughs> They, they sort of expect it very, very quickly. Mm -hmm. So there's like this kind of, well, I want to be where you are in two years. Well, that's not going to happen. I want to be a supervisor or a team leader, or I want to move on to a different department or a different area of horticulture very, very quickly. And there seems to be that modern, and I've got a 14 and a half year old daughter who's just like that. I want to move on to the next thing. Um, so that that's a bit frustrating when it, when we're talking about trying to get people in into horticulture and into the business because they just don't stick around. They don't see that if you apply yourself and there's such an array, even within just the one company here, the breeding department, the potting department, the sales, the office, um, there's 25 different departments that these people could. There's rose shows. Yeah. There's there's all that variety. Mm -hmm. We sort of recruit people in, but they, they don't quite see where they can go. And it, it's getting across to people what this is. I fundamentally find this the most important thing is getting across to these new people, apprentices or new, in, new starters, that they can get to a certain point, but it won't happen in a matter of months or even years. It, it's, it, it's trying to get them to understand that. I find that my biggest frustration in particular regarding the subject of recruitment and getting people into the horticultural industry. Do you think that's to do with the fact that there are other industries that 
allow that? Are they comparing? Is it is it because they think I can I could work in retail and be promoted very very quickly, or do you think it's I don't know, Sarah? Maybe you have a understanding from recruit uh, recruitment side. Do you think that that drive, that want, that and not understanding the process is just because they're comparing horticulture to something else or is that just a generational thing i think it's a mix i mean it, chris um touched upon a couple of things love and work in the sector i think the passion that everybody has um and i don't know if this is because a lot of people you either fall into this sector at an early age or you're following your, your parents footsteps and, and that's sort of you're always surrounded by it so you love it um it's a very innovative industry there's so much going on different trials different ways of growing trying different um peat versus peat free chemicals versus biologicals there's so much going on that depending on what you enjoy that there's always a job for you I, th I think um what sarah touched on just then finding individuals that have the passion for horticulture i never had the passion for horticulture when i joined the business but i was a determined individual to succeed and move forward in a business i had no guarantee that that would happen yet i was an individual that wanted to make that happen as best as i could even if i just grew in confidence working um from a point of view of like what's what i enjoy within the industry uh, there's i quite like the difference in seasons i quite like having the the summer time and uh, every time it's sunny everyone on the nursery is super happy like <laughs> it can literally it can literally change um people are like way the sun's shining and everyone's really buoyant and exciting and then when it when it's cold everyone wants to spend longer in the office and chat to their manager <laughs> so they can stand <laughs> by the radiator <laughs> um but actually like they they love being outside they love getting their hands dirty they love um working in a in a glass house yes it's cold they say wrap up warm um but it's 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 something different each season's different you you notice stuff when you're growing things stuff looks different throughout the season there's stuff that looks really lovely in winter bits and pieces look great in the summer etc um so actually i quite like that and us as a business we grow best part of 1500 to 1800 different varieties through the season and as Chris said, like every day is different. You you could you could almost this time of year you could walk the nursery every couple of days and it would look different to what it did before, mm -hmm. um, because things just move on so quickly. Um, and I never thought when I joined the business that I would be that interested or even learn product names that quickly. Um, but that was something that I was really good at actually. And I picked up plant names and I know majority of the range of plants that we grow. Um, and that I think that's quite cool. That's something that I like, and um, yeah, and the people that you work with. We'll test with you later. Is, yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Only test me on the ones that we do. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so it, it's good fun. Another frustration, actually, is um, and this probably is going to sound no no offense, Chris, but it's the it's the older people. Like it's, it's an industry. <laughs> oh, how dare you? It's, it's, <laughs> Oh, no. it's an industry that you can quite easily look at and go oh that's for older people like it's not for younger people and maybe that puts off younger generations joining but um ypha as sarah said is a great um is a great group of people that's brought a lot of young people together which i was blown away by how many people are in it because if i rewound two three four years i'd be questioning i was the only young person in the industry 
and where's this industry heading and what does that mean for me and my future um but actually it fills me with a lot of joy and a lot of comfort that there is a lot of younger people in the, in the industry and there's also older people that have a lot of experience and knowledge that i can draw on and not to discount those people well that's my next question really so you know we as an industry we've got a problem with recruitment at the moment we all know that there are lots of vacancies that we struggle to fill for some of the reasons that you've already mentioned what do you think needs to change for us to solve that problem with recruitment to get more young people in to get more passionate people in the industry i think i'll just um we've obviously got people out there that are learning horticulture doing horticultural mm -hmm. court courses rhs city and guilds and all those those types of things but i'll use my my particular nursery as an example it's it's very physical, very hands-on, cold, wet. You know, the summer's lovely, spring's <laughs> fantastic, but the winter can be really, really horrible. Um, we're production horticulture, although we do breed plant centre gardens. So we've got lots of different opportunities. And in the past, we've tried all sorts of avenues to get people in. We've done open days for local colleges. We've discussed um, going to schools um social media is a very very big thing in everyone's mind at the moment it, well, it has been for a long time so the utilizing social media as a company we, we've got a huge marketing department um facebook all those kind of things um so it's 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 really trying to make make it appealing and i'm going to mention the c word now which is covid <laughs> um so COVID really threw a curveball to everybody. Um, so we actually thought our business was going to shut. Mm -hmm. So two two years ago, we were like, "Oh my God, this is this is it. We're going to the plant centre shut." Everybody was a lot of people were sent home, furloughed, all that. Um, but what actually happened? Our online business quadrupled overnight. So our our, our product, Pottery Post. Literally online, my God, overnight, we had to go from doing, I don't know, 1,500 a day to doing 4,500 a day. And we got the issue with people that were furloughed, childcare, health issues, all of that. And that was way before we were doing the vaccinations and the testing. Um, so that really changed our mindset. The whole thing we started looking at automation we started looking at improving the business and we also started looking at how we could make things better for the staff actually here on mm -hmm. site um so we started doing things like fruit for everybody and and we we provided meals because the restaurant was shut because we got no customers we actually cooked meals for the staff so for me it's it's how we um the the the, the people that are out there looking for work it's their market now, I think. They're the ones that have got the ability to choose where they can go. So that it's important for them. And I'm finding we use a recruitment company to, to, to get our staff initially in through the door. They do all the screening. And we've got quite a, um, a, cr a criteria for those people to, to drop into. And talking to the recruitment company that we use, that they're saying that people are, are almost interviewing us we're not interviewing them. We're not that they're looking around because there's so many different places you can go. I mean, money's the first one. Um, 
horticulture and agriculture traditionally low paid go back to the days of the agricultural wages board it's always been traditionally low paid why does it need to be low paid i don't know it doesn't have to be low paid um you, yes you can go to amazon and do picking but you're doing shift work so it's how how you make the business attractive you know we're investing a lot in different things for the people but not necessarily the the brass tax of the hourly rate and we're looking we're looking at um how we do our reviews how we make things a bit more i don't know funky kind of a bit more modern you know that that kind of thing how, how you make that attractive for not just when i want to say young people it doesn't have to be young people it can be anybody but what we're not getting and we're not seeing is people with the horticultural basics the i haven't even got a garden they've worked in a factory all their lives um they've never never had their hands in dirt can i play devil's advocate here then chris so is it is it more important to you though to have someone through the door that has some kind of horticultural knowledge or that has the right attitude and passion because surely that that they can learn they if they if they decide that they love it you know you can train them there's other training out there there's you know ways that they can um, become more more skilled in that area but surely if they've got the passion if they've got the right attitude that's the most important thing yes and that's 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 a fantastic comment because if someone's got that you can't train this into a person i don't think the drive and the tenacity and the ability mm -hmm. to give a decent or a, or a fair day's work initially. And then, yes, you can learn on the job. And then you've got training courses and college courses and online, all those kind of things and, and moving around within the department and, and the company. So I think for me, it's probably more of an important thing to have a person that's willing to stick, stick at it and give mm -hmm. it a good go initially, um, but have that interest as well. So ideal world is someone that's got the horticultural bit and the drive as well obviously <laughs> um but yeah when one of the one of the phrases i use is um plant tickling we're, we're not plant ticklers and um, we're not we're not we don't do plant tickling so if you're looking you know if you want to work in in this type of industry which is quite sort of let's get the stuff out the door top quality we, we're not after plant ticklers but certain part of the business like the breeding the R and D, that so to go back to the variety. There's a lots of variety within the industry where it, it suits lots of different people. I think um, when it comes to recruitment, um, invest in people. When mm -hmm. you get somebody in, you can go right. I want to invest in X person this this year or a couple of people and upskill your your team. Um, and people are motivated because they see that there's opportunities to be upskilled. And actually, rightly or wrongly, there's times when that's very challenging. There's demand is very high within the industry. So actually taking time out, out to upskill people is 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 almost like a no go. You can't go there. You can't do it because you don't have the time or the resource to do it. Um, so people get frustrated and they go, right, I'm not I'm not valued. I'll go somewhere else. And they leave the industry yeah. altogether. And that could have been somebody you had been investing with. Um, and bringing them along and then they leave and then you start the whole process again and you're trying to find somebody again that's motivated and um finding somebody that is motivated is very difficult and it's very difficult to judge when you go through an interview process so a lot of the time 
they might be the best person you've interviewed and go oh yeah yeah they've got good determination i can see that the way they they they, they came across but it is still a risk you could take them and they could be completely different and um it doesn't work out so it's definitely a, it's definitely a balance um of getting it right and that's that's a massive challenge for us as an industry I think there's a massive skill shortage in the sector. I mean, I guess I'd be out of a job if it was easy to find people <laughs> to, to recruit. Um, but I think, I think for me, I, I joined more people when I was 21. And if you look at people my age in general, 21 is about the year you're finishing uni, there or thereabouts, mm-hmm. potentially. I, when I joined more people, I didn't even know horticulture was a sector you could have a career in so if you then think about everybody else that has then paid fifty thousand pounds to go to uni they're not going to then take a job in a sector they haven't trained for so in my opinion we need to be talking to people at secondary school because when i was at college all i got was university army all of your, your typical things. I didn't even know horticulture was a career. And if you're talking to people at college, I'd already made my decision by college what I wanted to do. It's it's too late. Businesses need to be making sure that from day one that people feel valued. So Chris mentioned that they're doing a lot of different things that isn't necessarily monetary value, but meals and, and different schemes, etc. It's making sure that when people do join the business that from your induction your induction is the best that it can be so it's making sure that they feel valued from the day the first day they start the amount of people i catch up with after a week and they say i haven't actually seen my manager yet and it's it's quite frustrating because actually if you if you give them the time of day from day one that then for everybody and adam touched upon that you think it can be but it isn't but it's just making sure that everybody gets gets that insight into how good the sector is um and that's not something that one person can do on their own it's something that we've all got to chip away at thank you right one last question i know you all love your current careers in horticulture but if i could just snap my fingers and you could have any other job in the world what would it be my mine would probably be something to do with dogs because i am obsessed with dogs (laughs) okay absolutely obsessed but i don't know what i'd want to do and if any dog ever like ever came to me with <laughs> any problem I'd probably cry so in hindsight the job actually isn't for me but anything but like maybe not a day. not, not a vet, vet. No, absolutely not some kind <laughs> of high-end trainer or something. <laughs> maybe something like that <laughs> well I'm a drummer okay and all through my career at David Austin's I've sort of been in and out of bands and done the chasing the dream and been down to London and all that business so I suppose that if you could click your fingers and get me as as a drummer of a successful rock band or pop band and living that lifestyle would have been quite nice I'll see what I can do (laughs) and the other thing is I'm a massive um, sci-fi stroke Star Wars fan so I suppose if I could have been so if I could have been some kind of um part of the film industry doing some kind of I don't know stuntman or something like that that would have been pretty cool as well but involved in a Star Wars universe somewhere some kind <laughs> of alien drummer in well yeah the Star Wars have, universe yeah yeah, yeah definitely okay. right. in, the, in the Mandalorian kind of thing yeah know. okay I'll, I'll have a word I'll see what I can do thanks yeah <laughs>
if I could click my fingers, I as I uh, said earlier, I I'm a I'm a F1 fan. I'd love to be a racing driver. Like I'm actually pretty good as well, so I think Are I you? would uh, okay. I think I'd win a few things. Yeah, yeah. I just wasn't picked up as a as a young go kart driver. Okay. Um, so that that's what I do. However, on on the flip side, um, I've got a family, and being a racing driver, I'd be travelling around, and I just wouldn't be um with my kids so that would be really rubbish so although it'd be high flying exciting i'd probably really miss them or i wouldn't have a family because my life would have looked completely different so different priorities in life tell me do you ever race buggies and stuff on the uh, depending on who's going to listen to this i'm not sure i can answer that question <laughs> <You're> fired <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> When everyone's no, everyone gone home. listening can't can't see you nodding. So uh... okay, okay. Well, I'm not nodding, obviously, because it would no. be a no. Thank you very much to my three very special guests today, Chris, Adam, and Sarah. You have been listening to Hawk Talk, an HTA podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Our next episode will be on women in horticulture. But till then, stay safe and thank you for listening.